you. This is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. A couple of weeks ago, I had an email from Sharon saying she was sailing the Queen Mary 2 and asking if I would like to talk about it when she returns. And I said, of course. So we connected on Tuesday night. We weren't going to actually record the interview because sometimes I just want to talk about a sailing that's interesting to me. Or if we already have an interview recorded, um, I like to ask questions for future articles on the website. So to set this interview up a little bit, I was talking with Sharon. And then a few minutes into our conversation, she was firing on all cylinders, comparing Celebrity and Cunard and the differences. So she got to telling me about how she met her husband. And he plays into it because he's never cruised before. So I finally just asked, hey, Sharon, do you mind if I hit the record button? I guess if you want to, I don't, Doug, I have to be honest with you, if I sound stupid, just hit the off button, because it's actually, I, I enjoy listening to your podcast, I find uh, very interesting, the people you talk to, the places you've been, so just speaking to you like this is fine, if you want to hit the play button somewhere along the line, that's great too. So tell me how you met your husband then. Okay, I met my husband when I, I uh, we were skiing, I was skiing actually, and I blew out one of my uh, ligaments in my knee, and I was at physical therapy, and I saw this very big, handsome man, and he blew out the ligaments in his knee also, and I found out after a while he was putting his name under my name in the book to see the physical therapist. So that's how we met. We fell in love, and he loves to travel. However, he never loved cruising. And I've been cruising for probably 10 years. I go on cruises by myself. I've been to Cuba by myself. I went to Celebrity is my line. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I tend to take a lot of cruises on Celebrity. And I've, I've gone by myself. I've gone with a couple of friends, but never with my husband. So I'm trying to finally get him into the idea, let's, let's do something. The kids are older. Let's go away together. And he says, no, I don't want to go to cruise. There's too many people. There's not enough space. So I figured I could try to get him going on a river cruise. Mm-hmm. So we tried to go down that path. And he said he didn't want to fly to Europe. Okay, fair enough. He, he wanted to stay someplace in the New York area because, you know, the island's about an hour away. And he didn't want to go to the Caribbean. So we're doing, you know, he's going through these different <laughs> scenarios. And he said, why why don't we try the Queen Mary 2? And at this point, I'm having heart palpitations because <laughs> that's like the top-of-the-line cruise ship, in, in my opinion, of all time. So I said, hmm, sounds good. And at that point, we, uh, we booked uh, two months for this cruise that was going from New York up to Halifax, Canada, with a stop in Rhode Island and Boston. In Boston, we were there for July 4th, so that was pretty cool. So he was really the, uh, he masterminded this one, and I, quote unquote, went along for the ride. So I have so many questions just because I, sure. I've never sailed Queen Mary 2 before. So is it a misnomer to say that it's a stuck up or stuffy line or everyone has to wear a tux at dinner? I have to be honest with you, Doug. I saw a level of, uh, formality that I've never seen any anywhere else on any ship. It's a British, it, obviously, it's a British uh, mentality, British ship. So people really did. They dressed for dinner. Uh, we, on gala night, you saw more tuxedos than suits. Women are in gowns. I 
told my husband before we left, I said, listen, we're going to have to dress for this because I know that there's a different clientele. It is an older, it is an older demographic. I mean, I'm in my late 50s and I was, you know, the, the, probably the median age was 65 or so. Mm-hmm. So you have a different class of, uh, different class of cruiser. But we dressed, um, I wouldn't say stuffy, just more formal because I think that's just the, the cultural British culture. So, Do you think if you didn't dress like that, you would have been looked at differently? Well, actually, at 6 o'clock, you, if you were not dressed for dinner, the lounges in the, in the dining rooms would not allow you to stay. They would go in and tell you you need to go dress. We prefer you dress for dinner. And, it, and the dressing for dinner, not on gala night, was a nice um, slacks and a blou- nice blouse for woman for mm-hmm. women, a suit coat for men. And on gala night, I, I brought a gown with me, and I, I fit right in. So, so it was a little bit. They did stick to their dress code, which was a little bit of some people. I don't, you know, on all the cruises I've been on. I don't know that people dress as much. I mean, I, every once in a while you see a celebrity, somebody has a, a tuxedo on, never, you never see a gown anywhere. But Cunard, the uh, Queen Mary too, you did see that. Cunard is known for having, like, the class system. How does that actually play out when you're on board? In our class, we were in a queen suite, mm-hmm. so we had our own dining room. It okay. was uh, uh, the Queen's Grill restaurant. So we were just there. We didn't go to the Britannia. We didn't go to the Princess restaurant. There was three tiers. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, we didn't have a set time to go for dinner. Whereas in the Britannia restaurant, you did. You had the 6 o'clock or the 8.30, so we had a little bit more of a uh, free schedule. But, yeah, there's definitely you definitely see that, that class system in place when you're on board. So you're normally a celebrity cruiser. What were your first impressions like walking onto this beautiful liner? Oh, it was it was like a throwback in time because we had as soon as you walk on, I don't know if you're familiar with the uniforms mm-hmm. from Cunard. They're bright red. They, you know, the white glove service. We had double line of of stewards greeting us, you know, shaking our hands, greeting us. So that was pretty impressive. And then the grand lobby they remastered the ship in 2016, mm-hmm. so they took out a whole bunch of elevators. So now you just have this huge area that you walk into with this enormous uh, flower arrangement in the middle of it. So it was very impressive walking onto this boat. I know celebrity hands you a glass of champagne, but this is kind of like you're looking at this huge atrium, just, wow, this amazing place. You didn't get your champagne then? No, well, no. <laughs> we, I, we had the drink package, so okay. <laughs> I got my champagne pretty well. Interestingly enough, it was in our suite when we got there. Okay, that works too. They had a, uh, uh, um, a champagne bucket ready for sail away for us. So, how was your suite, and like, what did you think of it? Oh, it was, it was well. My husband's a big guy; he's six foot four, okay. big guy. So he's like, he's like, Sharon, we we need space for me because otherwise, I'll go crazy here. And we got a, um, it was 500, a little over 500 square feet. So it had king-size bed. It had actually a walk-in closet. It had a dressing area. It was the biggest, biggest stateroom I've ever been in. 
so he was happy with the size of the stateroom. And the balcony was probably, you had two, two lounge chairs, a table, and like this little uh, storage bin because I guess in the wintertime or when they do in the transatlantic, they keep blankets and all this other stuff in there. So we, we didn't look, we just checked it out to sure. look, see, <laughs> what do they have in here? So that was a really nice, uh, the, the bathroom itself had the jacuzzi and the shower all together. Nice, nice amount of space. It was, there was plenty of room to store our stuff. Like I said, the walk-in closet was, was excellent, just putting all of our stuff. We didn't even need the other closet because there was one on the entrance mm-hmm. as soon as you came into the stateroom. Can I wax on about the stateroom? No, I think that's I think it's awesome. Like whenever they re- remastered this ship, did they put USB ports in the stateroom? I knew you were going to ask that, Doug, <laughs> and they did not. Okay. Because believe me, it was like being back in the Art Deco age. There was very few sockets in the room. There was no uh, USB ports, and the Wi-Fi was was it was horrible. Yeah. It was horrendous. We ended up having to buy two packages of Wi-Fi minutes because you just couldn't sign on. You mm. know, it was it was yeah that that out of this whole this whole remastering, they dropped the ball on that one. They they really needed to have uh, to step that up. When they remastered this ship, um, you mentioned that they took a couple of the elevators out. But what were some of the other like major changes that you may have read about before you sailed, or you may have noticed on board? Well, they did make a. I I did some research, and they made a. Uh, there was one area called the Winter Garden, mm-hmm. which they said was pretty much dead space because never nobody was ever in there. They made that the Corinthia Lounge, mm-hmm. and this room was beautiful. It was all cream colored, blue, and lots of touches. Art Deco, very Art Deco, but so comfortable and so nice to sit in there and read. They had a little like tapas. It was like a Spanish uh, Spanish tapas. Mm-hmm. They were available throughout the day. They had wine. You could sit there, uh, drink wine, have coffee. I saw a lot of people playing cards in there. Very quiet. Very very nice. I spent I spent a lot of time in there. That's where all the people were that were hogging your bandwidth, probably for the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> You're probably very. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the. Uh... Back to the stateroom for a second. Does Cunard have tea kettles in their staterooms? Oh, yes. Yeah. We, in our room, we had tea kettle. We had the Keurig machine. They keep a whole set. Tea is huge on this boat. Afternoon tea is huge. Mm. They had a whole set of china and a whole, um, you know, a whole box of different types of teas so that if you wanted to make tea in your room, it was all there. So, yeah, they had that in the room. And they also had, the, our room had a bar set up where you had a cabinet where it had different glasses. You had wine glasses, you had brandy glasses. And they actually gave us, we were allowed to have two bottles of liquor or wine in the room that the Cunard paid okay. for. It was there when we, uh, when we got to the stateroom. So I ordered a bottle of Grey Goose and another bottle of champagne. And they also stocked the refrigerator for us, so they, they asked me beforehand what we would want in the refrigerator. And um, the stateroom came with, I hate to say it, the stateroom came with a butler. Okay. 
So we're going to give a shout out to Lou because <laughs> and his assistant Abigail. They were they were wonderful. Lou would come every morning, set our table for breakfast in the room with tablecloth and and you know silverware, all that. And he was wonderful. He came, he gave us his cell phone, and we called him once for, I think, blanket or pillow or something like that. He was there like in a nanosecond. It was, <laughs> it was very, uh, <laughs> it was very nice, very nice. Is I mean, pretty much the butler is like your personal concierge then for your cruise. Yes, okay. yes. He and he put us in touch with the actual concierge if we needed to plan. You know, if we wanted to go on an excursion or make uh, arrangements for something else, they had a little a little area that that uh, our the Queens girl passengers can go to. They had more tea and coffee in there, and they always had somebody, I believe, from eight to ten o'clock. Whenever whenever I went in there, there was somebody. You know, you could ask questions. But Lou definitely anything that had to do with the stateroom, he was he was right on it. He was excellent. So you were talking about the main dining room experience, but um, is there a like a, a pub in there or a fish and chips type place? Absolutely, it's called the Golden Lion Pub, mm-hmm. and that was my go-to. If uh, the lunches there were excellent, I I had what did I have? I had the fish and chips. My husband had the shepherd's pie, and they have like maybe twenty, thirty beers that okay. you could. Get some on tap and some bottles. Really nice, really good. Very, very fun place. I have to say that was probably the the most uh, the most levity <laughs> it was in the pub because you could play darts. They had a lot of sports going on. They had a, uh, a piano player. It was a fun it was a fun place to hang out. So we did that uh, a few. Yeah, I did that a few nights. We both did that a few nights. A couple of years ago, when the Queen Mary 2 was docked in Brooklyn, I went on just for a few hours to take some photos and videos. Um, I don't know. What did you think about their buffet in there? Ew, not, not, not my jam. Yeah, okay. Same here. <laughs> it was not. They did. I have to say, though, I'll give them, I'll give them some credit here. They had sushi, like, like maybe, I don't know. I went in there to, to just poke my head around. And they had sushi. I tried it. The sashimi, the tuna sashimi, was outstanding. It was excellent. It was excellent. So, so I would always grab a plate of that. But everything else was your standard, your standard stuff. Um, yeah. It was. It wasn't. What was good about it, though, they they did have table seating. So if you sat down, some one of these servers would come over and ask you what you wanted to drink. So that stopped a lot of that, you know, queuing up and and elbowing in to get to get something to uh to drink. So that was that was a nice that was a nice thing that they did. Was the, but otherwise yeah, didn't spend a lot of time there. Yeah, the Golden Lion, was that free? Yes, yes it okay. was. It was. If you went, and we actually got they had chicken curry on the uh on the menu and it's like, hmm, we love our curries, so mm-hmm. we uh we got one of those also. What's your uh, what's your favorite type of curry? I love anything hot. Okay. I love spicy. So I'm I can go for a green curry. This is this was very good. I I I felt that the spice level was nice. It wasn't that like watered down sort of American type curry. It had a nice little kick to it. You kind of mentioned that the Golden Lions Pub was social, but what other yeah. is the social spots around the ship where you could maybe catch some music or you know have a, an after dinner drink? Well, for the for our 
uh, with the girls' um, suite, you had a, a separate lounge. And this was, I'm just going to say this for the music fans out there, the classical music fans. Every night after dinner, they would have a concert. It's about 45 minutes, but they would have a, um, they had a chamber music, mm-hmm. uh, two violinists and a cellist that were excellent. They were from Romania. They were excellent. They had a harpist. I know I'm putting everybody to sleep, but it was really nice, nicely done, very classy. It was very enjoyable. I like to go to one of the lounges called the Chart Room. Okay. And the Chart Room was based on uh, Zodiac. So all the drinks were based on signs of the Zodiac. I'm a Virgo, and they served some, something that would add lots of ginger in it and lots of vodka in it. It was good. But that was a fun place. To, it was a nice place to hang out. They had, um, they had jazz music there. A lot of comfortable places to sit. Big, long, dark bar, uh, dark wood bar. Very nice to hang out in there. Um, the disco is called G32. We went there one night after all festivities, you know, uh, the bar hopping, etc., it was very big. There were two two levels, but there were hardly anybody in there. And the band that was there, there was a live band in there. They were really good, but for whatever reason, they uh, there there weren't a lot of people in there. So I don't know if everybody that's that's you know different demographic or you know it's kind of hard to to stay in a club when nobody's there. So we didn't spend a lot of time in there. Not a late night crowd. Then it sounds like. <laughs> no, definitely not a late night crowd. <laughs> the uh, the pool on the ship is in the back of the ship, right? Yes. I mean, you were sailing in July, so I'm sure it was well used back there. Yes, there were people in it. There were a couple hot tubs. It's not like on a Caribbean cruise where you get a lot of families running around. Uh, and in fact, there were very few children on this cruise. I, mm-hmm. I saw some teenagers. I saw younger kids with grandparents, like you know, extended family. Type, but not a lot of kids are going to be jumping in and out of the pool. None of the, the pool game things that would go on in different cruise ships. But there was plenty of space for people to spread out. A lot of chairs. There was a, a, a terrace pool bar at the side. Never had a problem getting getting a drink of any sort at any of the bars. Actually, there was there was a, a lot of space, a lot of room. On the by the pool there, there is the veranda restaurant. Is that part of like the class system, or can anyone roll in there? Well, that's a that's a um, specialty restaurant. Okay. So it, had, it comes with a cover charge, and we did go there on gala night, the second night that we were on board. <laughs> they have restaurant. It's a steakhouse, so you could pick the the, uh, the waiter comes over and he shows you all this steak. Now I don't eat meat, so this was kind of like you know grossing me out a little bit, but it was interesting to see. They brought the steaks over to my husband. He picked out his steak. And then they came over again with a box. They opened the boxes, all different types of knives. So you could choose what kind of knife you were going to use okay. to cut your steak. And one of the items that we did order uh, was a seafood platter. Mm-hmm. And when the platter came, it was, it was very large. It was, it was, in fact, the couple next to us um, wanted to take a picture of it because it was so, it was so large. <laughs> he had two... Two lobsters, two pound, one pound lobsters, lots of crab legs, lots of mussels, lots of shrimp, and we had that. We we decided after that, you know, we'll just we'll just go on to the entree. We don't need any anything else other than that. A really nice, really pretty place. 
uh, dress code, as always. The wine steward they had there was really was really good. I love I love my champagne, so we uh, we discussed champagnes back and forth. So he was I, I forget his name, but he was he was very personable, very knowledgeable, and uh, he actually showed up later on in in the Queensville restaurant because uh, I guess I guess we chatted him up. I chatted him up a little bit, so he came to visit our table. But it was really it was a nice like, upcharge. I believe it's like forty dollars, thirty nine, mm-hmm. forty now, forty dollars. It's definitely worth the experience. Yeah, if you're if you're getting two big one pound lobsters like that, that's probably worth the forty dollars alone. There, I mean, was the yeah. seafood good? On, I mean, good for being served on a cruise ship. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. Every every meal we had, we, we and my my husband's a tough cookie. He's a tough one. You know, he grew up on the island. He spent lots of time. He works in New York, so he's used to good restaurants. This is. Absolutely, the food was was outstanding. It was excellent. Did you go to the uh, the gym or the spa at all? The gym was a daily because I I run I uh, I lift weights I do all that good stuff. So if I don't go to the gym once a day, then I then I kind of go crazy. So mm-hmm. we were in the gym a lot. They probably could use a couple more bikes and treadmills because it seemed like you were always you had to pick your time to go in there. They did have. They definitely had a lot of uh, a lot of different machines. You just had to time it right. The spa, the huge disappointment of my cruise. The spa after the first day was closed for. I guess they had a broken pipe or something. When I took the tour, they had all the usual. You know, the sauna, um, the hot tubs, the the massages. They had a ice fountain with like a um, a snow cone machine. Just mm-hmm. had ice coming out of it. So what you do, you go into the sauna, you get all steamed up, then you come out and take handfuls of ice and and go with do that, rub the ice on you and then take a shower. I was like, oh I can't wait to do that. Well, second day into the cruise, the spa is closed for the rest of the cruise. So oh. so I'll have to go back someday. Yeah. <laughs> Man, the wheels fell off early this cruise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. It's like really you got to be kidding me. The, what, uh, it sounds like you had a pretty cool itinerary kind of just dotting along the, the northeast there. So you started in New York, and then what was your first port of call? We went to Halifax first. Okay. Halifax, you know, is where all the Titanic uh, passengers that, that didn't survive the, the, um, the ship sinking, that's where they buried most of them. So I've gone to the cemetery myself on a different cruise, on a different trip. My husband wasn't that interested. I mean, a little bit of a, he wasn't interested in seeing that. So we went to the Citadel mm-hmm. instead of going there, which was really cool because they, they, at summertime, they had all the students there and apparently were there for the, the drumming and the, the piping students. Mm-hmm. So they had all these, these young teenagers marching around in their kilts with bagpipes and drums and every once in a while they would shoot <laughs> with shoot guns for for whatever reason and it was very it was very entertaining it was very nice so we did that in Halifax and we went back to the ship so we didn't really go on any excursion while we were there Samuel Cunard is from Halifax I believe yes the, uh, he was yeah, yes the... he was they had a huge uh, statue of him 
not not a lot of picture taking this this cruise, Doug. I have to no. tell you, I I usually have you know I'm taking pictures of my food. I'm usually doing all that. That I didn't do on this cruise. I didn't see anybody else doing that, so I felt oh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's also different when you're traveling with someone as well. Like I travel solo a lot too. And I'm taking a picture like of everything when I'm traveling solo, but traveling together, I'm kind of, I kind of tend not to take as many photos. I still take photos, but not as many. That's quite true. That's yeah. quite true. Because um, when I'm by myself, I don't really care. I'm, I'm arranging the silverware, you know, I'm, I'm taking mm-hmm. pictures of my drinks, that type of thing. But that's true. I'm going up to Halifax in September, so I'll have to check out the Citadel. I've never have done that before. Maybe is it is it a walk from the ship, or do you have to take a uh, like a bus or a tour? No, we took. What did we take? We took an Uber, I believe. Okay. It wasn't. No, it wasn't very far at all. Okay. It wasn't very very far at all. And then after Halifax, where did you go? Then we sailed to Boston okay. on July fourth. Nice. So we decided we were we were going to. I was supposed to go on a whale watch that morning that was canceled, which I was disappointed about. But anyways, we went to Boston to do the Freedom Trail. And we started at the. Have you ever done the Freedom Freedom Trail? <laughs> we, 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 we tried to do it at night, at night one time, and we got uh-huh. lost. So no, ah! we didn't finish it. We started it though. That's hysterical. Yeah, probably not the best time to do the Freedom <laughs> Trail because they have the little bricks on the on mm-hmm. the sidewalk. Exactly. So if it's, you probably got to Faneuil Holland and gave up from went, that point on. Yeah, I went to Cheers and called it a night. There you go. No, we went We went from the beginning, from the uh, Boston Common all the way to the Constitution. And it was it was uh, pretty hot. Actually, it was like 90 when we did that walk. But it was very interesting. It was very, it was very, um, I've only done different pieces of it. I never went from the beginning to the end. So that was nice. And there was a lot of stuff going on for the 4th of July. A lot, a lot of, um, you know, people were very festive. How long did it take you from start to finish? Probably, well, we stopped at a pub for a little while. Let's see. Probably like two hours okay. altogether. I have to say probably more than that because we did stop and different, you know, they had the old church. You went in there and started to read all the history. So there were there were a lot of stuff. And plus, you know, some of the had air conditioning, so we popped ourselves in there so we wouldn't, <laughs> you know, sweat to death. And then we went to Rhode Island. That morning was very foggy, but I was able to get on the excursion that I had booked on a 80-foot sailboat. So we were able to sail around the harbor, and I took some pictures of the ship. And it was a it was a nice it was a nice uh, morning. Found out later that most of the excursions had been canceled for that afternoon because they, the visibility was so bad they actually stopped the launch for a while. Because I was I was stranded in in Newport for a little while because the launch they they would not do the launches while it was uh, while they felt it wasn't safe. So I I have a feeling they just let me off to do my excursion before they really realized that the fog was never going to clear. My husband that day, for whatever reason, he was not uh, he was not feeling well. It was probably all that all that good food that we were yeah. eating. So he stayed. He spent a lot of time on the balcony because he brought all his. Uh, he likes to draw. He likes to paint. He brought all those materials with him, and he would just sit out there, and do that. And happy happy as can be. So a lot of the times I'm saying I did this, I did that. I don't have any problem going <laughs> running around a cruise ship by myself. So I wanted to check a lot of things out. This was a seven-night cruise? A seven-night cruise, yep. How many sea days were there? There were three sea days. As far as crowds and congestion around the ship on the sea days, how was that? Not bad. 
that at all. Other than the other than the King's Court buffet, like lunchtime, like the, the usual hours, not bad at all. There were so many different places. They had a planetarium. They had a, a, a eight thousand volume library. Um, you know, the, there were classes. There was a fencing class that I wanted to. I tried to sign up for. That would have been pretty cool. But um, no, there was a lot of different areas people could be in. And it was very well spread out. So, yeah, ne- never a problem. How was the planetarium? That was very cool. Uh, have you ever been to one of those before? When I was a kid, we, we had, I think we still have one here in Jacksonville, but I've never been on one on a ship before. Yeah, it was very cool. It was like you, you, you got in there, all the lights go out, you're leaning back, and you just see this huge, there's just the dome of, they I guess the uh, the show, whatever you call it, was the different galaxies that are out there. So you had all these special effects going around. It wasn't that long; it was maybe twenty minutes, but it was a very cool space to uh, to witness, um, to see all that. And they actually, it wasn't just the planetarium. They also showed movies in there, and they had lectures in there. And lectures are huge. Education is huge huge on Cunard because they, uh, transatlantic voyages, you don't have a lot going on because you don't have any ports. So they always try to have lectures, movies, classes. We saw a couple of lectures while we were there. They had one historian that talked about the three queens. That was the title of it. Mm -hmm. So this gentleman talked about the Queen Mary, the Queen Elizabeth, and Queen Victoria. And also about the QM2, which it sounded like he was born on this ship. He, he knew so much about it. So yeah. you make your way back to Brooklyn. Uh, how was your debarkation process getting off of her? Really good. Really, really smooth, really easy. Uh, we, were, we were blessed with the, uh, the priority disembark. So uh, we got out of the ship. Off the ship probably took maybe 15 minutes to be in a taxi on the way home. So it was like seamless, seamless getting off the boat. Was this your husband's first cruise ever? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so will he return? Yes, he did. Awesome. He said, why don't we do a transatlantic someday? Okay. So I'm trying to keep it on the down low, my excitement. I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I can see that. I can see that in my future, our future. Now you went to the you went to the hotel in Long Beach, didn't you? That was so cool. Yeah, we got off of Norwegian Joy and we hopped uh-huh. a cab from the San Pedro terminal down to Long Beach. And uh-huh. our plan was just to stay there and kind of tool around Long Beach, but we got on the ship and there they offer all these tours and if you're staying on the ship itself, you get the tours for half price, so you're only paying $10 a tour. So we wound up oh, doing awesome. every single tour they offered and it had us scheduled for the rest of the day and then all the way until we left at noon to fly out of LAX. So it was just, um, talk about stepping back in time. Walk on that ship. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, that's that's what I want to do next. I have a business trip out in um, Seattle. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of taking a couple of days just to, just to get onto that boat or at some point get onto that boat to see it. Yeah, that's another thing. Every Throughout this whole ship, there were pictures of, of different uh, celebrities, traveling, pictures from the 30s, the 40s, just really a lot of history up on the walls. You just walk around and see all this, all these different things to stand and read. It was, it was very cool. Very, very interesting um, 
I guess, background of all these boats. Well, do you have any, like if you were to give someone a couple of first-time tips for transitioning from a cruise line, like from, you know, say I'm used to sailing Celebrity and now we're doing Cunard on the QM2, any tips to offer? Definitely bring some nice clothes. (laughs) Bring some, you know, bring a a couple of, a suit jacket for men. I wore a lot of dresses. People dress up, and it's fun to dress up on this boat. It Mm -hmm. really was. It was nice to see everybody looking very glamorous and very, very old, uh, glamorous of the 50s and 60s, how you would picture being on a cruise ship. And um, just enjoy walking around, get a little history in there, and know that it's not like any other type of cruise you're going to be on. Originally, this was an ocean liner. So it has a different look and feel, but really, really enjoyable trip of a lifetime. The internet is back to those liner days as well, it sounds like. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. If I give I give one recommendation for Cunard to, to you know they gotta up their game with this with this uh get get into the uh current times here, guys. Well Sharon, thank you so much. This definitely opened my eyes because over the past few years of doing this show I can count on one hand how many Cunard interviews we've done. And this is a good perspective being that you have sailed a lot on celebrity and kind of comparing and contrasting against Cunard. I think it opened a lot of our eyes. Thank you so much for being on the show and have a good evening. And thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Today's show is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash cruise. Choose from over 150,000 titles delivered straight to your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or tablet at audibletrial.com slash cruise.